Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Elaine Burke and Joe Shea are with us for this week's TV and streaming picks. Elaine, great to see you. Let's start with Dancing with the Stars. And we're not going to talk about Panty going out last night. Joe Shea, the importance of Dancing with the Stars to RTE cannot be underestimated. Yeah, it's a good report by Ken Sweeney in the Irish Sun, and it is kind of um, it kind of explains why recently there were a few weeks ago there were rumours that Dancing with the Stars would not be coming back for another season, and it seems there was some grounds to that because RT had actually been looking, had asked, uh, according to Ken Sweeney, had asked two uh, production companies to come up with alternatives for a big shiny floor Sunday night TV that would possibly replace Dancing with the Stars. Now. Apparently that, whatever proposals went forward were not deemed uh, good enough or at least suitable for what they wanted because Dancing with the Stars actually makes RTE a considerable amount of money. It has a top line um, sponsor in uh, Danone um, it, who are, um, and it's also selling a lot of advertising during the break. 3.6 million in ads and yeah. a further half a million yes. for the sponsor. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of money, 47,000 euros uh, per ad break. So that's about 4 million when you add it all up. And the show costs 3 million to make. So there's the financial concern is actually is doing very well for RT. But also it's a, a huge uh, audience winner. It kind of anchors their whole weekend, uh, you know, t- um, uh, output and it, it really does boost their um, their viewing figures you know so Dancing with the Stars has become almost too big to kill for RTE and, and that's why it looks like there's going to be another new season Too big to fail Elaine even though many of the people do fall over in it well, yeah, that's kind of part of the entertainment factor, though, isn't it? Um, and I, we, I think we do need to talk about Panty because uh, I think in the same report, Ken Sweeney said that Panty has also helped them attract a new calibre of contestant as well. Like, Panty has broken barriers. Uh, it was the first uh, drag contestant, uh, dual male partnership uh, dancing on the show uh, in this franchise. And, it, like, it's definitely going to do better, I think, if they do go another year because apparently they've already booked some good guests on the back of Panty's appearance. So good job, Panty. The reliance on RTE, Joe, of just a couple of shows that bring in a lot of money. This is a time when RTE need a lot, a lot of cash. Yeah, it is. And we know, of course, that Tommy Tiernan lost his um, headline sponsor in kind of unfortunate circumstances recently, which has been a hit for RT. It, it does, it, in, the, in this day and age, you know, they need to have these par- commercial partnerships as well as the traditional advertising that you see during the commercial break. Anything that brings in revenue, anything that gets the viewership figures up, anything that keeps the audience shares going, especially at the weekend, especially with hard to reach kind of people as well, you know, demographics and dancing the stars is a kind of a family show which means you've got younger people watching it as well which is very important for advertisers these are very very important shows for RT and if to, you know, to lose a marquee show like that and, and with a risk take a risk on bringing in something new or, or another format is just a big too big a risk to take at the moment Speaking of big names and marquee shows Elaine Mrs Brown's Boys it's been confirmed will return for a mini series they've been doing Brendan O'Carroll has been doing the Christmas and New Year specials for a long time now but we haven't seen a series in quite some time. Quite a long time. It's actually since 2013 we haven't had a series. Now the Christmas specials, some of, most of them I think are dual episodes so that's about half of what this four episode series would be anyway so it doesn't feel like we've been missing Mrs Brown 
boys for any length of time really because of the regular Christmas specials but this will be the first time that they're doing a, a little mini series again coming back to RTE and BBC and um, it was originally planned actually for 2021 and as we know COVID disrupted a lot of filming schedules and even then when they got a green lid again they couldn't even get back into a studio again which was another challenge of post-COVID people getting back into things so Brendan O'Carroll is obviously delighted and very excited to bring that back to us and I'm, I'm delighted for the mammies everywhere Joe there's a bit of derision about Mrs Brown's boys and I have to say I, I, I do watch it at Christmas and you do find yourself laughing is there a bit of snobbery still? Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, but there always has been. I mean, I grew up watching the likes of uh, Dick Emery and Larry Grayson, and that's going right back to the seventies. You know, so these, you know, there's always been a place for this kind of humour on TV, and why not? You know, it's, it's TV should be a broad church, and people enjoy it, and, and it does the numbers do. as well. It does the numbers as well, and that's that's why you see it every Christmas. And Brendan Carroll, I mean, he's he's. He's made a mini empire for himself and he's done it all off his own work as well. He writes it, he stars in it, he gets the ensemble cast together. I mean, he's very underestimated in a lot of ways. He's an, he's an entertainment powerhouse himself and he's, he deserves the success that he's had, even if, you're, even if a lot of people find it a bit lowbrow or whatever. There's a lot of people who like it. A lot of people like it and a lot of money in it for Brendan O'Carroll and fair play to him. Elaine, I want to move on. Um, this is We're coming up to the anniversary of the Oscars and that slap. And it is the first time I think Chris Rock has said anything, even though we've had Will Smith on profess his apologies many, many times. But Chris Rock has been back out with a Netflix special. I think it was a live stream special, wasn't it? It was Netflix's first live comedy special. It aired over the weekend. Now, it would have been 3am uh, Sunday morning here. Uh, so I, I don't know how many Irish people stayed up to watch a live comedy special that they could then rewatch on the platform. Um, so that was a, a new thing for Netflix to try out. And obviously, everyone was expecting him to finally you know, break his silence about the slap heard around the world. Um, so he tees it up kind of at the start, um, but he doesn't really get into it until the end. And when he starts to get into it, he kind of lost his cool a little bit and even like fumbled the punchline of his own joke, which I'm sure he rehearsed many times. Chris Rock is an absolute pro. And it's just that's how you could see he is still quite angry about this incident and a lot of that anger is actually directed at Jada Pinkett Smith and not just Will Smith as well and there's been bad blood between himself and Jada Pinkett Smith since 2016 there was a tiff between them again around the Oscars um, she tried to stage kind of a boycott uh, he claimed and made a joke on his, in his Oscars hosting that it was because Will Smith didn't get nominated she says it was because of Oscars So White that uh, trending hashtag at the time They've just had this bad blood between them and it just seems like you're caught in the middle of this fight between two people and you aren't really invested in it and you just like them to stop. Joe, I'm just kind of thinking this this all started with Chris Rock making comments. Surely the worst thing to do is to start talking about it again in the middle of a comedy show. Yeah, but he's allowed to talk about it and he's kept his, he has kept quiet about it for a year. And for commercial reasons, he's decided to do it in this, you know, talk for the first time in his big comedy, you know, um, uh, special on Netflix. But he made some interesting points. And one of the things that he said was that it wasn't really about him, that there is, you know, this strange relationship between uh, Smith and his wife and the open relationship that they have talked about and the affairs that she she talked about with uh, uh, another young uh, a younger guy and that he he was seemed to be suggesting Chris Rock that what it was about was Will Smith being publicly humiliated even though he keeps saying I'm fine with this we have an open relationship we understand each other that he was kind of being he, he took that out 
on on Chris Rock in the most public way possible. Uh, it was very interesting, the dynamic and what he was talking about. And also the, the final comment that he said, you know, when he said, uh, the one thing my, my, I learned from my mom, I never fight in front of white people. You know, I, it, it was, there, it, it, there's so much going on here. You know, there's racial uh, kind of overtones in terms of how black men are seen in America. There's that, that personal relationship, the marriage, uh, you know, of, of the Smiths and Chris Rock's own reaction. It, I thought it was pretty fascinating. I'm sure the Oscar organisers are absolutely loving the timing of this. I want to move on to a couple of other things. And actually, this story is really interesting. And this is a BBC dramatisation of the life and crimes of Jimmy Savile, which was the star Steve Coogan as the now dead paedophile and sexual abuser Jimmy Savile. It was filmed a couple of years ago, Elaine, but it hasn't seen light of day yet. And the suggestion seems to be, well, it certainly won't be this side of the summer. Yeah, uh, it's called The Reckoning and obviously part of the story is BBC having to reckon with its part in the story and it's creating a, a, a piece around that. Now, it's being produced by ITV Studios. Again, they're trying to obviously try and uh, do this maybe the most ethical way possible and uh, by all accounts it's not going to be in any way celebratory of Jimmy Savile um, nothing celebratory about Jimmy Savile will ever air in the BBC ever again even though they did and they got themselves into like knots in this because of course BBC News, Newsnight had been investigating allegations against Jimmy Savile and they were pretty much told don't start broadcasting this and it brought down brought down a BBC uh, Director General this is a huge scandal in the BBC and you'd think well look let's go and make this doc- let's go and make this dramatisation and show all the faults. Yeah, but apparently like, it wouldn't be unusual for a fact-based drama to go through a lengthy post-production process of making sure that they are kind of adhering to the facts um, and also that they don't um, maybe like libel the wrong people in this as well. And also they have to deal deal with the idea that victims of Jimmy Savile who are represented in this um, this docuseries or this, sorry, this dramatisation have been involved with the production as well. So there's lots of people probably weighing in on with points on how the show is going to come out. And there's, I'd say there's a lot of BBC people who want to see these cuts before they go to air as well. Joe, I've read a lot about this and it, it is interesting story because, of course, Steve Coogan is absolutely brilliant in most things he does. And he has spoken about this, about what it's going to be. Uh, is there a suggestion perhaps that there's other reasons in the UK why they might not want to coming out in the next couple of yeah. months? Well, there's been a couple of newspapers have suggested it's that the, it's, it, the Prince Charles does not, or Prince Charles people at least, do not want to see this broadcast before his big coronation because Prince Charles, back in the day, and to be fair, he wasn't alone, was a, you know, a He was taken supporter in by Jimmy Savile, who wrote to him yeah. offering advice. Yeah. Exactly. And Prince Charles actually wrote back to him saying, you seem like a guy who knows what you're talking about. Now, Prince Charles wasn't alone in being taken in by this absolute evil monster. What struck me when I, when I heard that they were doing this, the BBC, I thought that it sounded like the BBC was like, right, we're finally going to face up to our demons. We're finally going to face up to our mistakes. We're going to tell the truth about Jimmy Savile in a strange way, like a dramatisation. But it seems now like they've realised that maybe this was not the best idea in the world to do, that maybe it was good to, or would have been far better for the BBC to leave Jimmy Savile where he is, which is buried deep underground. If, if we may not see this until next year now, and we may never see this. Uh, there, there's a chance that this may never see the light of day, which would be extraordinary. It would. I have to say there's a great book written by the BBC journalist a couple of years ago from Newsnight about Jimmy Savile and the pressure that they faced to get that story over the line. I forget the name of it, but it really is worthwhile checking out. Elaine, let's move on to somebody else who has been released from prison who may be the subject of a Netflix documentary. 
Yes. Uh, so Netflix has the working title released of Hunting Gary Glitter. And um, it's kind of following the story of the journalists who uh, basically tried to track him down and make sure that he was brought to justice for his crimes. And uh, it, there's not a whole lot known about it. And apparently Amazon is also working on a Gary Glitter documentary. Uh, ITV is reportedly also working on a Gary Glitter documentary. So there still seems to be a lot of interest around covering these stories. I, I wonder how different if all three of them go ahead, all three will be um, and how much people do really want to revisit those stories. We seem to have a fascination with some of these things. Let's, let's get to your picks of the week. Joe, what's yours? Um, tonight, on um, after the uh, 9 o'clock news on RT1 at uh, 20, uh, 25 to 10, this is RT Investigates and it's Ireland's unregulated psychologist. So it, you may be shocked to learn that back in 2007, the government asked a body called Koru to come up with a professional, a way of registering and regulating uh, psych, psychologists in this country. Uh, it hasn't happened in 15 years. And uh, Barry O'Kelly, uh, who's the um, primetime investigates reporter, actually highlights how crazy this system is by basically setting himself up as Dr. Barry O'Kelly, um, psychologist, with uh, an official looking uh, degree from a university, a so-called university in the States, with an office, with a website. And it's to make a very serious point in that people are desperate, for instance, for, uh, for uh, autism services uh, in this country. Uh, parents need their kids assessed. They can't find psychologists to do it. And they're fairly desperate and they'll go to anybody who looks like a convincing psychologist. So this is a very important investigation. I think it's going to shock a lot of people. Elaine, let's get to your one. Uh, George Michael, Outed, uh, is airing tonight and tomorrow night. It's a two-part uh, documentary on Channel 4 uh, from 9pm and it is about the public outing of George Michael when he was uh, arrested in a public bathroom but also took back what would have been a career-ending scandal for many people and turned it into a Great landmark song. moment in yep. career culture. It's just an incredible story. Yep, Elaine Burke and Joe O'Shea, thank you very much for joining us with all the week's TV and streaming news. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.